wake early in the morning Got a rush to be on time Start your day driving through Your local Starbucks line From when the morning sun comes up To when the nighttime falls Baristas at the Starbucks at your beck and call But baristas at the Starbucks Aren't treated fair at all It's poor, poor, poor Till you can't pay no more And every day without fair pay We wonder it's for the noble crew that brews the brew is trapped within a cage for the greedy few that own the brew won't pay a living wage and when for what they know they need The bosses at the Starbucks Care more about their greed The bosses at the Starbucks Don't want their workers free It's war, war Without fair pay, we wonder what it's for. again Don't stand in line Don't spend a dime Until they see the light Your baristas at the Starbucks Want you to join the fight And baristas at the Starbucks Marching still tonight 
out there, babe. We wonder what it's for. It's for, for, for. Till you can't take no more. And every day without fair pay, we wonder what it's for. That was Pink Williams with the track Poor, 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 a song about and for the Starbucks workers that are out there forming unions, thinking about forming unions, and especially those who recently participated in the Red Cup Rebellion here in 2022, in which uh, workers at over 100 locations across the U.S. walked off the job on Red Cup Day. Welcome to Polyrical, a podcast of political music, a topical solution for the American Indian Revolution, a soundtrack for the resistors, the agitators, and the fighters working for a better world. If you want to make a recommendation or send me a message, head over to polyrical.com. Find a link there to send an email. You'll also find a link there to recommend a song, a topic, or an artist for a future episode. There's also some links there to make a donation. You can make a one-time or recurring donation to keep this podcast and all my podcasts free and independent. Next up is a song, Baraye. Baraye is by Shervin Hajapur. And Baraye is a song uh, made up of the words and in support of all of the folks in Iran protesting for women's freedom. There's a a translation that I found online. Um, So the lyrics translated are these. For dancing in the alleys, for being scared when we are kissing. For my sister, your sister, and our sisters. For changing the rotten brains. For embarrassment, for impoverishment. For wistful wishes of having a normal life. For the child scavenging on rubbish dumps and his dreams. For this authoritarian economy. For this polluted air. For Vali Aser, street and its time-worn trees. For Peru's and its endangered likelihood. For the innocent forbidden dogs. For the incessant crying. For the image of repetition of this moment. For the face that smiles. For students. For future. For this compulsory paradise, for the imprisoned elites, for Afghan children, for all of these, for these on and off things, for all these hollow slogans, for the ruins of these not well-made houses, for peace of mind, for the sun after long nights, for antidepressant pills and insomnia, for men homeland prosperity, for the girl who wished she was a boy. For women, life, and liberty. For liberty, for liberty, for liberty. Ba 
برای توی کوچه رخصیدن برای ترسیدن به وقت بوسیدن برای خواهرم خواهرت خواهرامون برای تغییر مغزها که پوسیدن برای شرمندگی برای بیپولی برای حسرت یک زندگی معمولی برای کودک زبالگرد و آرزوهاش برای این اقتصاد دستوری برای این هوای آلوده برای ولی اصر و درختای فرسوده برای پیروز و اعتمال انقرازش برای سگهای بیگناه ممنوعه برای گریه های بیوقفه برای تصویر تکرار این لحظه برای چهره ای که میخنده برای دانش آموزا برای هاینده برای این بهشت اجباری برای نخبه های زندانی برای کودکان افغانی برای این همه برای غیر تکراری برای این همه شعارهای تو خالی برای از شبای طولانی برای غرصای حساب و بیخوابی برای مرد میهن آبادی برای دختری که آرزو داشت پسر بود برای زن زندگی آزادی برای آزادی And that will bring us to our topic of the episode. The topic of the episode for this episode is Indian boarding schools. Here's an excerpt from a piece written by Irelene Lavery, published at globalnews.ca. The House of Commons has recognized Canada's Indian residential school system as an act of genocide. On Thursday, the motion brought forward by NDP MP Lee Gazan was adopted by unanimous consent. Quote, Today I lift up survivors, families, and communities who have sacrificed so much in order for people across Canada to know the truth, that what happened in residential schools was a genocide. I'm grateful to parliamentarians who unanimously passed my motion to recognize the truth of Canada's history. Gazan said in a news release. I look forward to working with the government to ensure the will of Parliament is honored by formally recognizing residential schools as a genocide. Survivors deserve no less. The Reconciliation Commission referred to residential schools as a form of cultural genocide when it released its final report in 2015. But since then, a number of Indigenous groups have amended this to say it was genocide. In 2015, a 4,000-page report by the Commission detailed the harsh mistreatment at the schools, including emotional, physical, and sexual abuse of children, and at least 4,100 deaths at the institutions. 
The National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls also concluded in its final report that violence against women and girls is a form of genocide. An estimated 150,000 Indigenous children were involuntarily taken to attend residential schools in Canada, according to the federal government. More than 60% of the schools were run by the Catholic Church. Federally, there were 140 residential schools operated between 1831 and 1998. The last school closed less than 25 years ago. And we'll hear more about the Indian residential schools and those schools that were in operation in the U.S. in just a few minutes. First, here is Jaylee Wolf with the song Child of the Government.
What doesn't kill you makes you a monster. There's a lot of things that the government blacked out, but you know, like, I mean, no matter what happened, I'm just, you know, I'm really grateful for you in my life because it's been difficult. Um, and I guess I pass a lot of that on to you. doing the best we can and, and life's and life's awesome my son when they took you
had from the album The Good Road, that was Cheryl Bear with the song Residential School Song. The United States Department of Interior has compiled a report, um, the first report of its kind on U.S. Indian residential schools. And the when the undersecretary submitted that report to the secretary, here is the cover letter that went along with it. In accordance with your direction, I am submitting to you the first Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative investigative report. This report shows for the first time that between 1819 and 1969, the United States operated or supported 408 boarding schools across 37 states or then territories, including 21 schools in Alaska and seven schools in Hawaii. This report identifies each of those schools by name and location, some of which operated across multiple sites. This report confirms that the United States directly targeted American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian children in the pursuit of a policy of cultural assimilation that coincided with Indian territorial dispossession. So you can see from this letter and the related report the, the U.S. has not coined this in the same term. The U.S. has not admitted that this is the genocide that it, in fact, was. It identifies the federal Indian boarding schools that were used as a means for these ends, along with at least 53 burial sites for children across this system, with more site discoveries and data expected as we continue our research. The report highlights some of the conditions these children endured at these schools and raises important questions about the short-term and long-term consequences of the federal Indian boarding school system on Indian tribes, Alaska Natives, and the Native Hawaiian community. I am recommending further investigation to examine those consequences. This report places the federal Indian boarding school system in its historical context, explaining that the United States established this system as part of a broader objective to dispossess Indian tribes, Alaska Native villages, and the Native Hawaiian community of their territories to support the expansion of the United States. The federal Indian boarding school policy was intentionally targeted at American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian children to assimilate them and, consequently, take their territories. I believe that this historical context is important to understanding the intent and scale of the federal Indian boarding school system and why it persisted for 150 years. And the report is is pretty explicit about this. Um, first time I've seen this kind of shared and admitted in this way that the the genocidal program of the Indian boarding schools in the U.S. served multiple purposes, served the purpose of destroying the culture of breaking, breaking that continuity of the elders teaching the children by taking the children away and teaching them foreign, um, foreign ideas and foreign languages to them and forbidding them from learning and practicing their own languages and traditions. In, in that process, within that process, and one of the goals of that process was to force the Indian tribes to give up their land 
and to use the the removal of the children as leverage to steal the land um, or or take the land via treaties um, from the Indians. And then on top of that, the U.S. government took profits from selling that land to developers and used those profits in part to pay for the Indian residential schools and school programs, over half of which were run by religious entities. If you want to hear more about the report, I read the report in full in a recent episode of my other podcast, You Can't Be Neutral. So check out the podcast, You Can't Be Neutral, to hear that report in in pretty much its entirety. From the album Wapanaku, this is Mike Byrne with the song Apatapasik.
up our set of songs on Indian boarding schools that was Danita Large with Reconciliation Sky. And that will bring us to a few words. Jesse Jett just released a new album uh, on November 8, 2020. It's called Co-Opt and to attempt to outdo himself six days later he re-released a re-recorded album of the coming of spring uh, titled the coming of spring perennial edition where he re-recorded all the tracks from the album the coming of spring and added a couple of additional tracks as well jesse jett is one of the greatest modern poets jesse's wordsmithing is pristine and powerful and, and like all great poets jesse's words make you think in ways that you couldn't have even imagined thinking until you hear those words put together in these ways here is redline white power blueprint from the co-opt by jesse jett they strung us up and gutted us and wrung us dry and gray and they never broke their gaze as they sanctioned all their citizens whose battle cry is thanks. For every thousand pensions burned, they earn an Abrams tank that aren't intended to defend us. They'll just be used against us once we're sick of being dividends and dare to storm the banks. And we're kettled, gassed, and flanked, drowning mouths agape, saturated full of mace, thirsting even for the metal in that leaded glass Obama drank. And that's the closest thing to reparations they'll accommodate. They're busy looking for Ukrainians to make it rain killer swag from Raytheon and cold stacks of compensation. The good old USA has quite a long and storied past of patting Nazis on the back, which helps explain the ugly fact a former Nazi-headed NASA, one was NATO's chief of staff, and one the Secretary Jan of the United Fucking Nations. That's the soul they talk about restoring in their speeches and their banners and their ads that run ad nauseum on every station. And no, we're not the greatest generation, but the greatest generation didn't seem to care or notice Nazis making mass migrations. This is the final boarding call for the SS assimilation. So watch and wave and don't connect the names. Just stay complacent till you're fast asleep and can't perceive the fash-adjacent tapestry of redline blueprints from white power masons, the architects who dreamed each bigot brick in our foundation, who built an institution that colludes on base of 
of race to see if when you run the race you ever make it out the gates or if they start you in the winner's circle, which case you can thank your birthright, namesake, good grades, fresh face, and possibly the fact you didn't grow up under occupation. That's the very crux of the American abomination. It's what this country fucks into your head on every station through faux-opposing views of red and blue that serve the same predation. The devil's in the details and the implications. The devil's in the thinly-veiled intimidations. The devil's voted present every session and attended every Oval Office conversation. And that's how things have gone since our creation— and will until we kill the last chrysanthemum and numb the last sensation. From the glacier to the streets, from the river to the sea, to a little stream in Ecuador as black as it can be. I know it's hard to watch the trauma on a tiny screen. You gotta pinch and zoom to catch them changing magazines. Single-digit deaths in standard death just doesn't sell the scene. We're gonna need it 4K morte, more gore, more hardcore, pretty heavy splatter theme. And now you're satisfied. If a bit desensitized, you shake your head a dozen times, say we've run amok with crime, and then decide police are gonna need some more support and more funds if they're gonna thwart the next seven Columbines. You say this wave of violence is like nothing that you've ever seen. Guess you've only been with us a couple weeks. Guess you'd say the future's pretty fucking bleak. And you can find Jesse Jett on Bandcamp at jessejett.bandcamp.com. You can also find our artist of the episode on Bandcamp. Uh, our artist of the episode for this episode is Rathbone. You can find Rathbone at rathbone.bandcamp.com uh, as, as well as at Rathbone most other places. You can actually catch Rathbone uh, crafting their music on Twitch. That is Rath underscore bone on Twitch. If you want to uh, watch and see and chat with Rathbone as he makes his music. Rathbone's biography online is pretty sparse. And by pretty sparse, I mean uh, everywhere Rathbone is, there's uh, two or three words about who Rathbone is. On Bandcamp, Rathbone is described as New Orleans-based songwriter and producer. On Instagram, working class musician and teacher. Over on Patreon, Rathbone describes himself as anti-capitalist music and agitprop. And perhaps my favorite is on Twitch, where Rathbone describes himself as anarchist slash musician, memes, and music. Rathbone's latest album is called Class War. And uh, this is the first track off of Class War. Pretty appropriate as we watch uh, Twitter go through some sort of a self-destruction slash meltdown slash sinking faster than the Titanic. This track is, once again, off the album Class War. This is Apartheid Clyde. Adult. 
that was No War But Class War from the album Class War by Rathbone. I was watching a Utah Phillips video the other day, and he explained class as he was uh, introducing the song Dump the Bosses Off Your Back. And he explained how the media and the educational system has us equate class with income. And there's poor, there's middle, there's upper, but it, but mentally we, we connect that to income levels and that helps divide us. In a capitalist society, there are two classes. There's the owning class and then there's the working class. Most of us are the in the working class. Few of us are in the owning class, but that's the real divide. That's the real divide that matters in a capitalist society. So when we talk about, think about what class war is, uh, class war is going on. Don't, don't imagine and don't let people um, have you believe that there isn't a, an active class war and that, and that calling for class war is, is harmful or destructive or negative. There is an active class war going on. It is the war between the owners and the workers. It's the war that we see the folks like um, the the people unionizing at Starbucks, at Apple, at all kinds of other companies these days. They're fighting in that class war. They are fighting for their rights as the working class to just compensation, to adequate support, to live their lives in a reasonable way. Um, this this war will go on and on until capitalism can be replaced by something more egalitarian. And the capitalists in waging this war, they have enormous, enormous resources at their disposal because they influence the government. The, the people, the working class, have very little influence over the government and over the decisions that are made in, in the places that matter, where the power lies. Big business and the owner, owner class has enormous uh, weight and enormous power and control of those institutions, largely through financing campaigns, but through lobbying and lots of other means as well. And the, the capitalist class, the, the ownership class, also have these super powerful entities that help keep the working class in line and the police are one of those large powerful arms of the capitalist class and the military and the military industrial complex is another massive powerful um, system of control over the people it's not certainly far from the only system of control maybe not even the most important system of control education media and entertainment are other massive massive systems that are used to control the working class control what we think control how we feel about things and limit our um capacity to come together to unite and to fight in the class war Here's a track from Rathbone. This is called Military Industrial Complex Explained. Tax 
Taxpayer money gets fed to the Pentagon. Pentagon sends it to private industries. Everything's invested with public money. So who are the winners of this war economy? Mark Zuckerberg, he's fucking evil. Mark Zuckerberg, he's pretty evil. And he probably doesn't know it too. So how do we create this sense of urgency to justify all of the military spending? Even though we're the greatest superpower in history of Nation. 
Wrapping up our Wrathbone set, that was the track Capitalism's Gonna Kill Us All, featuring Problemas. Back on episode 88 of Polyrical, I the featured uh, artist was Lavender Country. Patrick Haggerty of Lavender Country just recently passed away at the age of 78. Lavender Country was a pioneer in queer country music at a time when you know, being gay was something you kept quiet and kept in the closet. Uh, things hadn't really fully broken out yet. And where it, it had been breaking out and had been public, the resistance was extreme. The album Lavender Country came out in 1973 with its overt and open queer lyrics celebrating being gay and describing the struggles and the resistance and the abuse that gay people found as they became public, as they expressed themselves in ways that were right for them. Uh, Lavender Country put out a new album recently. That album is called Blackberry Rose. This is the track Sweet Shadow Man. We had the Louisiana juke, 1962, when we all knew where the Jim Crow flew, and sodomy was a huge taboo. I came creeping to you. We had a downcast style on the back, back of the bus. bus when we was on the down low hush but the midnight moon made my hot blood gush when i came creeping to you i came creeping to you Like a bird on a wire 
On Sunday morning when the sun came up, oh, it's a dirty, rotten, low-down liar. Dirty, rotten, low-down liar. Dirty, rotten, low-down liar. And that'll just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, if you want to make a recommendation or send me a message, head over to polyrical.com where you'll find all the links to all the past episodes as well. You can also follow at Polyrical on Twitter for as long as Twitter remains uh, in existence. I will be there. And if they do turn Twitter into a place that I find is just unusable for me, you will find me on Mastodon where I have already set up a presence. You can listen to all the back episodes of Polyrical and all my other podcasts playing 24-7 at movingtrainradio.com. Wrapping up this episode from the album Illuminatives, this is Superman with Native Keys Interlude. Thanks for listening. go to Nigeria, which is, if not the most corrupt nation in Africa, and it is, it could be the most corrupt nation in the world, Minister Farrakhan. Oh, and now, Mr. Wallace. It is the most corrupt nation that I have ever covered. I've been there 25 years ago, and I've been there as recently as last year. Fine. So what? 35 years old. That's what that nation is. Now here's America, 226 years old. You love democracy, but they're in Africa. You're trying to force these people into a system of government that you just have accepted 30 years ago. Black folk got the right to vote. You're not in any moral position to tell anybody how corrupt they are. You should be quiet and let those of us who know our people go there and help them get out of that condition. But America should keep her mouth shut wherever there's a corrupt regime, as much hell as America has raised on the earth. No, I will not allow America, or you, Mr. Wallace, to condemn them as the most corrupt nation on earth. When you have spilled the blood of human beings, has has Nigeria dropped an atomic bomb and killed people in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Have they killed off? millions of Native Americans? How dare you put yourself in that position as a moral judge? I think you should keep quiet because with that much blood on America's hands, you have no right to speak. I will speak because I don't have that blood on my hand. Yes, there's corruption there. Yes, there's mismanagement of resources. Yes, there is abuse. There's abuse in every nation on earth, including this one. So let's not play holy to moralize on them. Let's help them. I'm not moralizing. I'm asking a question and I got an answer. Why would you put it as the most corrupt regime in the world? That doesn't make sense. Can you think of one more corrupt? Yeah, I'm living in one. I'm living in one. Yes, you've done a hell of a thing on this earth, so you should not be the one to talk. You should be quiet when it comes to moral condemnation. 